Great to greet all of you on this 4th of July Independence Day weekend. You know, just about the time I think we've hit the pinnacle with praise and worship, this team shows up and leads us into the center of God's heart, and it was just a notch above today. Why don't you show your appreciation to them? Thank you, Lord. We're concluding a two-part series that is especially appropriate today. If you've been reading the news headlines, you understand that we live in a world full of turmoil and conflict, and it's good to know in the midst of all of the chaos around us that if you're a Christ follower today, you are serving one who says you can always, always, and forever trust my heart. A Lemke family, family favorite at Disney World Resort is the Finding Nemo show. This multimedia event tells the story of a little clownfish born with a malformed fin to an overly protective dad. After he's abducted by a scuba diver, the audience is irresistibly drawn into the penetrating question, will Nemo survive and find his way home? You know, Nemo's journey isn't so different from our own. We're all born with a disabling condition called sin. And our very survival is constantly threatened as we live each day in a world that even Jesus told us would be full of trouble. Our fleeting days on this earth are filled with a deep longing for a place of belonging and safety that this world just can't satisfy. In one riveting scene, Nemo and his ragtag bag of buddies decide to clog up the aquarium filter, hoping that the accumulating sludge will move the owner to take pity on them, scoop them out into freedom. As the gathering green gunk threatens to suffocate the fish, I'm mindful of our daily circumstances. We all face them, and at times we feel like life is being choked out of us, and we're left asking, where is my hope, and where is my God? The 19th century minister Charles Spurgeon said, God is too good to be unkind. He is too wise to be confused. If I cannot trace his hand, I can always, always trust his heart. In a 2008 message entitled, The Problem of Suffering, Pastor Steve said, God promises that he doesn't cause our suffering." However, 
when we do suffer, he also doesn't waste it. God is so good that he can bring perseverance out of pain. Character out of catastrophe and hope out of heartbreak. God never wastes our suffering. He uses it to teach us and he uses it to reach us. Last Sunday, I asked how you are doing with the disappointments, heartaches, and trials of life. Are you able to see them in the light of these words, or like me, do you often find yourself doubting God's love, questioning if there really is any meaning to your mess, and wondering if you can survive one more painful event. We stared down the problem of suffering in our lives in an effort to answer the question, can I really trust God? Can I trust His heart for me? We learned that part of our struggle is our myopic, short-sighted vision and the blind spots that keep us from seeing the complete picture in this life. We gain needed perspective by realizing that God's purposes are not always understandable with our earthly limited perception. And that one day, we will know clearly what we can only guess about now. We also saw how an erosion of trust can lead us to recreate God in our own likeness because people have hurt me, failed me, injured me, let me down. So will God. Finally, we discovered the antidote for this condition and our team sang about it through a daily, intimate deep, ongoing connection with our Heavenly Father that allows us to taste and see how good He really is to His children. Today we look at the living hope that Jesus brings into our lives. In the contemporary English version of 1 Peter chapter 1, Verses 3 through 6, we read, Praise God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is so good, and by raising Jesus from death, He has given us new life and a hope that lives on. Living hope. God has something stored up for you in heaven where it will never decay or be ruined or disappear. You have faith in God whose power will protect you until the last day. Then he will save you just as he has always planned to do. On that day, you will be glad even if you have to go through many hard trials 
for a while. Dear friends, maybe one of the reasons we struggle so much when the crises of life strike is that our pain cries out so loudly, it literally screams at us for attention. And that can drown out what matters most. Our connection with the living hope that Jesus has won for us. You know, chronic emotional, financial, physical, or relational agony that just won't let up. It comes at us wave after wave has a way of robbing us of our perspective. The more we become consumed by our misery, the more our hope begins to leak out of us, to slip away. In 1 Corinthians 13, 19, Paul declares, if our hope in Christ is only in this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone else in the world. I believe that cultivating, that planting and harvesting and developing an eternal perspective is essential to our well-being during the joyful and joyless seasons of life. How do we do this? Well, Rick Warren has said that this life, the life you're living today, is just a rehearsal. It's a dress rehearsal for real life to come when we're finally home with Jesus. But we think about our lives in this world as the end all. It's all about today. It's all about life in this world when Jesus says, this is just the beginning. In fact, it's the beginning of the beginning. Meanwhile, during life's brokenness, we can live as overcomers. What does it mean to be an overcomer? An overcomer is someone who goes through the storms of life, but through the power of the Holy Spirit living within you, through God's resurrection life through Jesus Christ, we're able to rise above that storm and ride it out in triumph and victory because we know that this too shall pass. It won't always be like this. My heart will not always be broken like it is today. I won't suffer forever with the pain I'm feeling today. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 17 and 18 give us the key. As we seek to develop an eternal perspective, a viewpoint above the problem of suffering in this life. For our present troubles, no matter how tough they are, our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory or reward that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. Friends, what you're going through today 
has meaning. It has purpose. Your life is not rotating hopelessly out of control. You're not spinning in chaos. There's a reason for what you're going through. And God says at the end of this life, there is great reward. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Familial dysautonomia attacks one in every 400,000 children by short-circuiting their autonomic nervous system so that they feel no pain. Since the afflicted child doesn't experience painful symptoms, there's no way to know if a bone is broken or an ear infected. Burns don't register agony and lacerations go unnoticed until infection sets in. In fact, 95% of individuals suffering with this condition who reach adolescence battle constant hypothermia, pneumonia, spinal curvatures, and other severe physical issues. You see, pain is nature's warning signal. It's an anatomical flashing yellow light. Without it, we're defenseless against a multitude of physical attacks. The New Testament's Testament's most common word for pain is bassinos, or a touchstone. The touchstone is a finely textured black variety of quartz that was used in ancient days to analyze gold alloys. A goldsmith rubbed gold, pure gold, against the stone, leaving a gold-colored streak. Then the alloy was repeatedly struck over and over and over again against that golden streak. After rinsing away the debris, the two colors were compared to determine if the alloy contained genuine gold. Some of us are going through this process right now. Repeated blows over and over again on life's touchstone can be so discouraging and disheartening. But God's process for bringing forth pure gold in our lives has always, always included pain. Think about it. The cross was Jesus' touchstone revealing beautiful, pure gold. Job's was an ash heap. Joseph's was a pit. And Paul's was a thorn in his flesh. Each was a deeply personal and painful touchstone. Each required suffering, but each produced 
pure gold. Is it possible to journey through this life without encountering pain? We all know from experience that the answer is absolutely no. Is it possible for your true worth to be revealed without being pounded on a touchstone? Apparently not. Is it possible to turn your pain into pure gold? Watch this.